Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Last Stop on the D. Yeah, yeah. Soundboard. I'm going to get a soundboard. Um, what's popping, y'all? It's me, Brandon Significativo, a.k.a. Basquiat in Brooklyn, a.k.a. Edigre, a.k.a. Just BK. Um, I'm here with Kamal and Juan the Innovator. This is episode 20. How are we doing, guys? Kobe Chronicles. What's going on? Uh, yo, I need a soundboard too over here. <laughs> yo, what's good? So, um, as you guys know, Last Stop on the D is the podcast for urban entrepreneurs to talk about their journey, counting the W's, learning from the L's. Um, we just come together to talk shit and learn something. So, on this illustrious podcast, we got my man Juan, whom I randomly met through like an Instagram ad. I went on a funny little hinge date. And uh, Juan taught me some tennis a couple weeks ago in this like warehouse style building. It was crazy, but um, yeah. Um, Kamal and I are in Brooklyn. Juan, where are you right now? I'm in the city, right in in our warehouse, <laughs> in uh, in Midtown, in our location. <laughs> where? Okay, cool. <laughs> where Which it all happened. So Juan, tell us your name and uh, what would you make your podcast about if you couldn't talk about tennis? What would you make it? Uh, my name is Juan Andrade, and I think uh, the podcast would be either fashion or uh, or the lack of nightlife uh, currently, and the need of the need to have it back. You know. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree with that. I actually miss nightlife. What about you, Kamal? I it's it's been it's been dry. That needs to yeah. needs to go back to normal. Very just, sad. Just like now we're all day. like probably in bed by like ten o'clock. You can't lie. Don't lie. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, what's popping, y'all? It's me, Brandon. Brandon Significativo Kim. Shout outs. Um, I'm here with Kamal and Juan the Innovator. This is episode 20 of the COVID Chronicles. Um, we're so glad to have you here, Juan. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, you're here because I met you so randomly and I was really intrigued by your story. I mean, I asked you like maybe three questions about this warehouse space that we were in and like how it came to be. And it was a crazy story. So, um, yeah, first of all, I mean, so you're a tennis guy. I just, I just gotta, I just gotta say first, I had money on Osaka both times and I was in the money. I just, I just have to get that shot Hopefully off. you won big, hopefully you want some big money. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Juan's a tennis coach and uh, he owns a company called Tennis Innovators. Um, yeah. Yo, what was that? process like building that space for those for the listeners that you know haven't seen it yet uh you know what i don't think it was a an easy thing like that comes about like in normal life <laughs> like regular non-covid times um yeah. it's just something that you dream of in a way honestly because it's new york city real estate it's, it's almost impossible to crack unless you've got big money uh we took an opportunity took a chance kind of reached out to a couple people and uh the you know that that's how it kind of came to be, but um, but this space just kind of, um, became a place to give everyone a chance to to get back out, running, moving, playing tennis. But it became more than tennis; it's just kind of a social 
tennis club in a way, right? Where where it connects a little bit of music, a little bit of movement, a little bit of drinking, also, but also very focused on tennis. Uh, but I think Let's it just, I think it brings everyone a little together and just a little bit happier, you know, to see some human beings and be kind of around others that you don't know. You know, like this whole pod thing is big. <laughs> You're in a yeah. pod, it's your group. I, I, I think this kind of gives, in a in a safe way, gives everyone a nice experience um, to, to be back to what it was, you know. And, and mm -hmm. tennis, you know, tennis is thankfully uh, a safer sport. Um, but that, you know, this space is kind of what, that's what it developed into a safe, fun, just loose, free place to, to kind of enjoy your tennis. Yeah. Describe, um, like, yeah, describe that day that we had for the listeners that haven't been to, uh, ha like, that was in a unique experience, but I also think that, I think, like, in general, like, yeah, more people should get a chance to just get coached i think for what was that like 45 minutes to an hour oh yeah it's a 50 minute uh, it's, it's an hour and a half so so you do okay. it's supposed to be you were late man you were late i'm sorry very you late. did 40 minutes <laughs> it's very late <laughs> so but it's an hour and a half so the, the goal is we, we kind of train everyone teach everyone for 45 minutes and mm -hmm. then you get to kind of just try it out on your own for 45 so it's a little bit mixed where uh, you get to interact with others uh, without the coach. So the 41st 45 is kind of get everyone moving and sweating and kind of teach as much as we can in 45 minutes. Uh, so then when you go out and play on your own, you can kind of enjoy it and try. But it's all just good fun. Levels are not the most important thing. It's kind of um, just being out here, you know, just playing some tennis, trying it out. We modify the balls a little, so it becomes a little easier. Uh, but the, you know, but but the uh, the class was called, or the the event was called Rose Rally, um, which you know, it's just uh, it gives shots up for Rose you know, Rally. Shots up for Rose Rally. Yeah. I got a little rose right here, right now. So. <laughs> We got kegs of rosé here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> tell us about uh, yeah. Tell us about that and how that's been going. So, so rosé rally just came. Uh, we've been trying to do it for like a while now, and part of it is that a lot of our spaces we rent out, and it's not our own space. So once we got this space and it's our our own, and we were able to kind of set our own rules and said we're doing it. This is it. Going to try it out, you know. And it, and it actually came. Uh, came about and it just we had a nice uh, group of people that were interested um but the uh, the whole idea was just to kind of play tennis move around music loud music and drink some wine you know and it's uh, and but within a small group and uh but it's been a great great experience doing it nice necessary during these times during the COVID chronicles man like yeah. i can't tell you how many people I've seen, you know, tell me, you know, they're not moving every day. They're not having that 60 minutes of activity. So, like, you're actually helping the hood out, like, um, yeah, with the classes and things that you were. How? What's the earliest you wake up for uh, the classes you were telling me about in our program? We do 7 a.m. So we do 7 a.m. It's kind of like the start of our day. Not everyone is up at 7. So some, you know, we kind of rotate. Not you. You know, after a while, you die out. That 7 a.m. grind is, is rough. <laughs> so we alternate. Damn. But, uh, but you know, you have that crowd that wants to wake up early, do their workout, go to work, do their thing. 
So you gotta be, you know, it's just like a tennis thing, 7 a.m., you know? I don't know what, like, how many other sports really do at 7 a.m., but tennis has that. Just like, all right, get it out of the way and, and play. Um, yeah, it's a great, it's a grind. <laughs> how many courts again do you have? How many courts and uh, how many locations? So we, um, this location here, it's, there's two big, uh, two modified courts for adults and then two modified courts where we do basketball and a little like smaller tennis for younger kids. But then we also have uh, a court on the, uh, two courts on the Upper West Side, uh, 59th Street and 119th Street. And then we have a court uh, in Astoria in Queens. And then we also uh, in East Village run a, a rooftop up there. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Damn. So, um, and what's your Instagram right now for the listeners so that they can so, go find so you? One of these yes. So it's at Tennis Innovators. Uh, and then on there, you kind of just on the website, you'll see all the locations, everything we got going on. Juan, what is what has it been like, uh, the outreach? I noticed um, that I said that you had like run a few camps, like summer camps and, and different locations. What's it been like? Has like just integrating it to different communities um you know what i i think that um part of the 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 beautiful thing of new york right like i live downtown and i literally moved um from 16th street to 13th street but i don't go to down anymore to where i used to live because it's like you have your local everything is right there so you now your coffee shop changed your deli changed your mm. everything like ends up changing so what we realized is that that's what people want, you know? And so we are trying to bring this as local as possible. And New Yorkers don't want to move. Like literally if someone lives on like 6th Street, they won't go to like 23rd Street. They're like, don't, can't do it too far. You're like, really? Like it's literally like 15 minute walk. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, it has to be below 13. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but that's kind of where we're like, you know what? We got to pick up more locations. We got to bring this um, to be more local while also quality, right? Like we could expand and be everywhere, but then you, you start, it's tough to keep up. You know, it's like how many coaches can I find that want to do this kind of part-time grind? It's not easy. So we kind of pick and choose and spread out enough uh, that people can reach us. And then we could also reach them and bring an experience that they wouldn't get. Like tennis, it's not really local, right? Like you can play basketball yeah. anywhere. You can go play basketball at the park. You, you can play soccer anywhere. But tennis, like there are not really any tennis courts or tennis nets. Like the only, you have a few clubs and then those few clubs are insane money. Like $200 an hour to rent a court, 280 to take a lesson. So there's a need for it, right? And the only people who get to do that are really adults with tons of money. Right. Um, so then the kids get pushed out and this With is kind of where the idea, yeah. So we just bring it to everyone and, um, and try to just create really a quality program, you know, and, and that uh, every every location is different from the Upper East Side to the Upper West and East Village and Soho. And uh, you just kind of get a different just whole uh, experience everywhere. Chill parents, intense yeah. parents, you know, <laughs> yeah. as you go through these neighborhoods. But, um, yeah. but you know, the goal of it all is to bring tennis as much as possible to yeah. just every neighborhood enough that kids can learn, you know, learn and start it and say, hey, I like it or no, not for me. You know, but being exposed to it is the key. If I can expose a kid and make them love it within one or two lessons, I'm set. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's unprecedented. That's awesome. I would have loved having something like that when I was a kid, to be honest. Like tennis. Yeah. Yeah. It's not in schools enough. Like, you know, like if you were in gym, PE, like no one does tennis, like ever. It's a volleyball, it's basketball, it's soccer. Tennis is not one of those sports. So a lot of schools, what we try to do is say, hey, look, let us bring it to you. Like, let us try to make it part of your curriculum. And some are like cool with it and some are like, hey, it's too difficult. We can't do it. Too many kids, right? Um, But that's kind of, you know, what what the plan should be is bring it to more schools, bring it to a curriculum so everyone gets to be exposed to it. Right, for the kids, exactly. Um, so like, it's dope that you provide this service now. Um, growing up, I'm sure like your access to tennis wasn't what it is now. Can you like tell the listeners just something about like how you got from basically like um, was you, you're one of four kids, right? In our pre-production meeting, yep. we talked a little bit about your background and like the, the journey of that. Like tell the listeners something about like how the access to tennis might have been different for you and um, your, and a bit about your background. You know what? I, I, I think um, part of the reason, like I grew up, look, coming from Ecuador, every tennis is big enough there that uh, everyone kind of wants to play. Similar to like the country club vibe here, Ecuador has that like, hey, you gotta go play at your local club. Not obviously not $30,000 a year (laughs) to play there, but it's kind of what everyone does. Like you find a little tennis club in the area and you go play. So when we moved to New York, uh, my dad always kind of was like, hey, let's go play tennis, go play tennis. But you gotta get a permit. Permits, it was probably $80 for an adult ten dollars for kids kids are good but eighty dollars is not cheap so it's never free that's like who can afford thing. that all right and it's family of four and so and they're not easy like sometimes they were cool and they'd be like all right you're all good but it's like, hey does everyone have a permit you know and you're like uh no <laughs> like hey my, my like we're like sit over there by the door and then we'll when they're not paying attention you gotta sneak <laughs> gotta slide them in y'all you sometimes it'd be it. like that you gotta do it you gotta sometimes you gotta it'd be like a little that. longer but my dad used to take us to play all the time. Um, but, you know, like that, like the one thing is that my mom was very proactive at finding like who, who was offering tennis, free tennis, not paid tennis. Just she was like on it. Um, I don't even know. There was no internet. So she was, I don't know how she figured it out, but she figured it out and was able to find us, a pro, you know, was able to find us programs to kind of uh, go and play. Um, you know and yeah and i think tennis wasn't as big so like the demand wasn't as crazy it's gotten so popular you know you got big players rafa you got serena you got like all these players kind of blew the game up a little now they're mainstream uh not like before like you had agassi and pete sanford but no one know didn't know them as 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 much you know they're popular but yeah. You didn't grow up going like, oh, you know, like Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, right? Like every yeah. like you, you say Pete Sampras, people be like, who? You're like I don't know, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. And still, like you can say, hey, you know Serena Williams? And people are like, who? Yeah, like, really? You know Rafa Nadal? Like, who? I'm like, really? Like this guy is big. Like, they're like, I don't know, I don't know who. It's just who? not, you know. 
How many like masters of Pete Sampras? Like how many? Who is Pete Sampras? There's definitely a listener who hasn't heard of Pete Sampras right now. So Pete Sampras was like tell one, one of the best about your man. Oh, I, you know what? I, I'm an Andre Agassi guy, but I don't know too many facts. I was just like because I was on that younger side, just sitting there like crying every time Agassi lost, and it was like they're the rival. Pete Sampras versus Agassi, and they would battle out. One would win, the other one would lose, the other one would win the next one. It was like crazy back yeah. and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were great players. Sampras yeah. was a little drier, you know, like yeah. he didn't, he wasn't for the crowd. Yeah. Agassi was a little bit of a crazy boy, you know, different yeah. outfits, giving you a little creativity. Um, my aunt was an Agassi guy. Shout out yeah, to my yeah. aunt Joy, who listens to my podcast as well. Yeah. But yeah, she, yeah, she liked Agassi. You know, tennis is popular in that DMV area, like my aunt lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, where you grew up. Sorry. So yeah, so um, so yeah, so we found uh, my mom found all these programs. Uh, we so the other thing was that they worked really hard to kind of. She loved this neighborhood called Middle Village in Queens, and she was like all about it. She was like, "You gotta like that's what kind of where she wanted to live." And. Uh, nothing crazy but that was like her thing then there was a beautiful park eight courts the whole thing like the park is huge middle village huh middle village it's just straight up all germans and italians like cops construction workers but nice neighborhood clean mob a little mob scene so they like were protecting the whole thing like very safe and she was like that's where we need to be and i was like all right but the best part is that we go to the park the, the coach there is ecuadorian being Ecuadorian, we're like, no way. <laughs> there are no Ecuadorians here. We're the only Ecuadorians in this neighborhood. And he ends up being Ecuadorian. And he's really the guy who's kind of gave us his path to learning the game a little more. We're still in connection. And, you know, like we always see him and his brothers in the business. Um, but he was really kind of a, one of the doors that opened up for us to be able to play. Because he would like give us free lessons, let us jump into his other lessons of people who were paying. Like a huge, uh, a huge, uh, a huge benefit to a family of four who cannot afford lessons in in the park. And it's not like they were expensive there, but mm. there's no money. You know, it's check to check. That money's going to the rent. You want to live in Middle Village? Yeah. You got to pay. <laughs> yeah. pay, middle gotta pay the rent over there. You know. So it was to her. It was more like I'd rather have zero dollars, but be in a safe. Like I know my kids are fine. Like everything is safer neighborhood. Um, but you know, empty fridge for a week to mm. <laughs> eat a little mm-hmm. peanut butter a couple, couple days. You Sometimes know, it be it. like that. Sometimes it be like that. Yeah, that's what I do. But you appreciate that at the end. You go, all right. I didn't grow up thinking like, oh shit, like I got to get run home. You know, it was like always yeah. safe and nice. And yeah. kids, you would play manhunt for hours yeah. till 11 p.m. without a worry. You know, like if, like I don't know, like you yeah. can't even do that. Can't you know? do that. <laughs> Not in my hometown. No, no, no. Juan is an amazing innovator. He's got an amazing space on what, 33rd? It's, it's all white walls. It was like four four courts, right? It's uh, it's four courts, yeah. It's 8th uh, eighth, eighth and 36th, between 36th and 36th. That's right, yeah. I'm the Boston guy, don't forget. Um, yeah. Shout outs to all my hometown listeners, by the way. But yeah, Juan was just telling us about um, his upbringing and access to tennis and what that's like then versus what that's like now. Um, yeah, 
you think you were telling us about your mom and how your mom was helping yeah. make it so, available so, uh, your dad. Yeah, so working um, his tail off. Yeah, so uh, so at the end of the day, this we had this coach, you know, the Ecuadorian coach, who kind of like helped us out, got us playing, and from there we just kind of just looked for programs, right? There was programs called NYJTL that sponsored kids to be in a free high performance program. Reebok used to sponsor a program as well. They would give you free shoes to pay for your tournaments, a whole thing, um, which you kind of don't see anymore, right? Like that's big sponsorship, like yeah. big just money. Uh, they used to go to this thing called Authorash Kids Day and literally like grab rackets, like free rackets from friends. Like crazy, like we used to come home with like 20 racks. <laughs> we are good for the next couple of years. Like, you know, like we used to like go outside and just play in the, in the driveway, you know, you put the chalk down and just play tennis. But you had these rackets, so it just made it possible for you to just pick up your racket and go play, right? It was like they were there. Like you always, they were just always giving away rackets. I need a racket, um, one. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got a racket for you, man. Uh, so, so, but that was kind of, I think, um, what got us very into it. And it was just the sport we followed. Like I went to baseball, like everyone in my school was like, hey, you gotta join the baseball team. I did one baseball drop practice in the outfield. And I was like, wait, what's happening? Like no one's gonna hit the ball to me. Like when, when, when is it my turn? And uh, and that was like, for me, like that was like, there was no not interactive enough. So tennis kind of was what we were just seeking and we enjoyed. It was, you know, it, it's that sport that it's just you on the court. You or you and your doubles partner, and you kind of all eyes on you, a little bit of pressure. Um, that's kind of, I think, what motivated us. And we were four of us, so we just always had someone to play with. It was a nice advantage to be like, hey, let's go to the park. We're going to play for a couple hours. That's really dope. I had to mute myself. Sorry, because that horn is going ham right now. We're in the hood right now. Um, we're really in the hood. Not not on the last stop on the D anymore, though. We're on the two and the five, but we're really the B and the D in Brooklyn. But yeah, it's noisy over here. I'm sorry, man. Okay. All right. We're gonna. It's noisy we're, here in Midtown too, man. Right. I'm gonna silence it out later. I'm gonna silence it out later. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. My my second to last question is like, what's your record right now as a coach? Uh, against my staff or against uh, <laughs> against like uh, in life against my brother? Uh, who who am I? Who am I? <laughs> like uh, as like a as like a tennis coach, I guess. If you were coaching in like, yeah. Tell us about your journey in general as like a coach, because uh, I think it's a really dope opportunity that you're working for John Jay and helping. Yeah, uh, yeah. So um, as well as you know what, I I competed, I competed uh, a good amount, but I I think what got me a little more interested was more the business rather than the competition. Uh, We also need big money to compete like this sport. Like you need sponsors, you need money, you need mommy and daddy money to like get you to get a coach and travel and buy hotels and book private coaches. And believe it or not, we, we had it. We, we had a guy, my father asked the uh, owner of um, his company he worked for, if he would be interested in sponsoring uh, my brother because he was older. He was like, totally, I'm down. 
paid for his coach, paid for Voluntary, which is like IMG Academy. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Like now there they're used to be Voluntary, but now they're like very focused on all sports. Um, he, he had a big opportunity, got it all paid for. Uh, it was like my turn. It's right. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm getting older. Um, he happens to pass away. And the family was like, we don't like tennis. We don't, we're not about it. We're like, we're cutting it off. Uh, yeah, so well, then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it was, it was like, it was a long time ago, but that was kind of where I think I veered off into the business aspect of it, you know, and said, all right, this is what I got to do. I got to make some money. Um, and, and, you know, I, I got into just kind of working at a tennis club and my brother was in, uh, in school and he was working in Westchester and he was like, Hey, you want to just help out, you know, pick up the phones in Westchester. And I think being around that environment, big money, you know, like seeing, uh, all the coming and going of how many players and people and just how much money there is in the business kind of got me, uh, involved a little more and just wanting to kind of learn and, and, and be a part of it. like the last segment then we're going to do some shout outs um i'm introducing a new segment today it's called the one question game just gonna ask you one question just needs one answer is it one question one answer one question and there's one there's only one answer okay (laughs) there's only one answer to this question jay-z or nas um who I, I, Jay-Z, just because I, I think that's, I, you know, he was my era. Nas, I like, like that whole beef was the best. I, well, I forget the, the, the Jay-Z diss that, uh, to Nas, um, what was it? Uh, come on, big song, huge song. Um, it, it was like, it was sick. It was like the like Nas is lyrically amazing, but Jay-Z's song was, uh, you know, when Kanye West and 50 beef, yeah. Right, and then Kanye dropped stronger, which is not even like oh hip hop, but you're just like, dude, like you won. All right, you won. I'm like all right, <laughs> you gotta give. Um, come on, man, you gotta you gotta know this song. I gotta remember song. it, yo. Um, for the listeners that know that it's on their tongue, because I know someone who has it, do me a solid. Just leave leave it in the comment section mm-hmm. below. Um, all right, word. That's what's up. Um, so our true final segment is the five for five, and then we're gonna do some shout outs. Um, so word, our true final segment we're gonna get into is the five for five. You know, five, five people in five seconds, okay? Five tennis players in five seconds. I, I'm, I'm gonna do it after you and Juan's, and, um, and Kamal's gonna go after you, Juan. But Juan, you're gonna go first because you definitely know more people. Yeah, I would hope, man. Uh, nah, you gave me too much time to think. Now I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> five seconds, five seconds, five seconds. Right. Go. Ready? Let me know when you're ready. All right. Go. Rafael Nadal, Maria Sharapova, Serena Williams, Venus Williams, and Patrick Rafter. So you're an old school guy in there. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. All right. Um, uh, Pete Sampras. Um, uh, what's that? Uh, Nick Kyrgios, whatever the okay, fuck. there you go. Um, Novak Djokovic. Um, I gotta, damn, I can't name somebody that you named, right? Yeah, I can't. I can think that was the original, the OG rule. 
All right, I've already exceeded five seconds though, so I got two. <laughs> That was a good three. You got three. I can think of, oh, damn. Uh, oh, Naomi Osaka and uh, there you go. There you go. And uh, oh, you got one more. You got one more in there. Indianapolis. Um, there's a Martina Hingis. Is that what you want? <laughs> what, what, you know, Do you even know who that is? You ever heard of her? Nah, I've never heard of that um, name before. There's, there's another, there's, a, there's another like white woman brunette in my head that I want to spill the name of. I'll just send it later. I'll edit, I'll edit it in later. Come on, uh, name five tennis players. Go. Ooh. This is, this is unfair. This is unfair. Um, now your your list is tough list, man. He got we named everyone all the heavy hitters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every single one that I thought of when you when you said the topic, you guys. Crossed yeah. out by the time it yeah, got yeah. Um, shoot. Well, I can't think you already oh, know what Roger you know Federer. What? I could have said, Sorry. Hey, you got Roger Federer. <laughs> I'll give it that's you. I got you started. That's your one. All right, we, that's we, one. we were talking about one that we didn't mention yet. Oh, starts with the uh, rhymes of the acid. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna have to rely on our listeners. Your listeners, can you send me? The yes. name of oh my tennis God. players. You can't name any Your tennis players. Favorite tennis players. Trash. Shoot us an email. Put it in the comments below. Word. Yo, please leave a comment of your favorite. Just one one female and one male, please. So we can have both like to honor in like our next episode. So yeah, um, this is Last Stop on the D episode. I think it's Somewhere in the teens or the 20s. I'm not even sure. The episode numbers don't matter. Thank you so much to all the new subscribers for tuning in. I really appreciate you. Quick shout out to ZippyStreams.com, my affiliated sponsor. Quick shout outs to my moms. I love you. Shout outs to uh, Lil Abby. Uh, Ryan, you're a G. You're, I appreciate you. Um, and yeah like shout outs shout outs to my little brother whose birthday was yesterday he doesn't even listen to my podcast but um yeah yo shout outs to you little bro happy birthday um yeah um what you got anybody you want to shout out at last stop on the d on instagram at last stop on the d on instagram uh i think i'll shout out my team my uh all my uh, all my guys who just make this magic happen day in day out uh, long hours, man. Long hours, hard work. You know, it's not easy, and I, I, they they make it happen. You know, they're committed. They, you know, loyalty to uh, to the company and shout them out. And of course, you know, my my uh, my mom and my dad. <laughs> they they uh, supportive always. You know, you gotta you gotta give. You know, just I, I think they've uh, taught me respect, which is what's good. And so it's taken me far that everything they've kind of done and uh you know showed me so at least you know it's not all about money you just walked into places and learn respect and be respectful i mean and i right. think it takes you it takes you far so shout out to them it does you're right just be polite just you know be respectful shout outs to your parents you know shout out to all the people who stayed just de- like you know decent didn't forget their people manners over COVID. Um, I ran into some New Yorkers on the train. It seems like they might have forgotten those. <laughs> you know, shout out to people who, who you know, 
just out here chilling, not causing any problems. Yeah. Yeah. Word. Word. Yo, man.